Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. get their real first test of the year as they head into Big 12 play to play Kansas State in Manhattan, Kansas. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Nick Geddes joins me. Big week, Nick. I mean, before this week, like, listen, we did our preseason predictions, we went through every game. My, my list so far is going pretty well. I'm 3 and 0. I've We've we technically correct all correctly done it because you said when we got to the Boise week, you kind of had a little bit of a shift in confidence. But our preseason predictions, me and you, I think both had this week as the week where the Knights would take an L. Um, you were more conservative in your preseason. I was more, I guess, a little optimistic. And I think we both said, and you know, this is kind of the game where there's a lot going against UCF, right? It's your first big game in the Big 12. It's against the current uh, Big 12 champs, Kansas State. You're going to Manhattan to play them. Now we know it's a night game, so there's that aspect. Uh, you've got a really good roster, a lot of carryover from last year. There just seems like a lot. It seemed like a lot was going to go against the Knights. And on top of that, you have quarterback Will Howard. Um, there's now a lot more question marks where I think... I don't know where my what my score prediction is at this point because now my kind of thoughts have shifted just a slight bit, uh, and we'll get into all that. But how are you doing? A lot different than last week where you're playing a Villanova team. Me and Tyler kind of hyped up Villanova maybe a little too much, um, but hey, you got to give them their due. Um, but how are you doing? Big week for the Knights. Big week to kind of get this college football season rolling a little bit. Yeah, it's a landmark sort of week, I guess, for, for UCF fans who have been following this program for a long time. Um, you know, I feel like we've just had kind of appetizers to start the season. You know, Kent State, then you had a little bit of a of a ramp up there for Boise State, and then you come right back down to Villanova, a game that, you know, it's hard to have much juice in a game where you just know that you're going to go out and blow out that team. And good that UCF took care of business and focused on Kansas State. Uh, but, yeah, it's a big deal. I'm really excited. I mean, the whole college football slate, I mean, this might be the best – college football week that we're going to get the entire year just looking at the games and i think this one is kind of floating under the radar and i think part of that has to go with the fact that kansas state is coming off a loss on the road at missouri and to your point we both said at the beginning of the year when we did our preseason predictions this was going to be our first loss for uh for for ucf or at least i think i had it i picked boise originally and then flipped 
You uh, went a little bit more conservative. Yeah, yeah. I, went, I definitely went conservative because I think I just was in like wait and see mode with UCF. And, I, you know, I might be flipping a little bit for some of these games down the line because now I've gotten a chance to see the conference play. Pretty good little sample size, three games, right? Uh, and I'm starting to figure out who's who in this conference. And I'll be damned if UCF suddenly doesn't look like they're one of the top half teams in the conference. And maybe me being a little bit conservative might have been like just like that, a little too conservative. And I'm okay with that. I want this team to win football games. And uh, I'll just tell you my, my general thoughts. You might be catching Kansas State at a good time, right? We'll see what I uh, I think. I'm kind of like you. I'm not sure where I'm going with my scoreline prediction, but I think in general, and we'll get into it here, it might just be catching the Wildcats at a good time. It's so different than last year, Nick, because last year, every kind of game, we knew where we were going with it. Like, we knew, okay, we're going to pick UCF to win because, you know, we're playing, you know, well, I guess I was going to say East Carolina, but we got blown out that game. But you're playing some of these teams where you're like, okay, UCF should win. We said before this season, even when we were doing our preseason predictions, it's like, I think a lot of weeks now, Nick, we're going to come into this episode and we have our general thoughts, but we talk through it and kind of by the end of it, we'll have a good comprehension of, okay, what's our confidence level with this game? Because my confidence level was probably where they are about right now when it comes to uh, the chances that UCF wins, I think a lot of the predictors have UCF like at a 30% chance. Now, this is, I think, before Will Howard and everything. Uh, it was like a 70 to 30 split. So it's probably my confidence level, just because, again, you had so much going against UCF. Now, and again, we're going to get into it right now, but there's a lot playing against the Wildcats this week where I think, again, coming off of a loss, not good for, uh, off of a loss, not good for UCF. At all. Like, not even just a loss, a heartbreaking loss. Like, uh, I heard the that kick is, like, tied for the longest, if not the longest, game winner or kick in SEC history. So, heartbreaker uh, for the Wildcats last week. So, there's going to be a sour taste in their mouth whenever a team comes off a loss that you don't want to be the team that is playing them that next week. But kind of give your kind of general thoughts on this Wildcats team early I thought they played pretty good against Mizzou. I think they played good enough to win the game. Obviously, again, we'll get into Will Howard. But kind of third quarter, something with his ankle or leg kind of limps through the rest of the game plays. But heartbreaking loss at the end. Kind of what are your overall thoughts on this Wildcats team? I still think they have a lot of talent. But, I mean, coming into this week 2-1 and one against uh, Southeastern Missouri, Troy and Mizzou. Kind of a similar schedule when it comes to... Uh, UCF and Kansas State early on? Yeah, I think with Kansas State, uh, number one, defensively, I think they're still a sound football team. Uh, I think they rank, what, 48 nationally, but against the run, they're still number four in the nation, allowing just 44 yards a game against the run. So that's been a plus uh, to their performance last week against Missouri. I thought that was one of the sneaky, sneaky games on the schedule. And you know, I said to myself, just looking at it, like I wouldn't be surprised, you know, Missouri at home if they won that football game. So and it was a really good, a really good watch, by the way. If you didn't see it, you know, it ended up being one of the best games, if not the best game from that kind of early game window. So it didn't surprise me as much where my my confidence level has gone up for this game. It really doesn't have much to do with the fact that Kansas State lost that game. It's who they lost from that game. And the fact that Will Howard is questionable, I mean, I personally think, and you know, we're still monitoring, I have to think he'll probably do everything he can to play in that game 
you know, questionable that, you know, you have to write these guys on the injury reports. It is what it is. I think ultimately you'll probably see him out there. Uh, I'd be more concerned about, you know, Trayshawn Ward's doubtful. So you can pretty much just write him off that he's not going to play. And, you know, Kansas State, this is not some super explosive offense that you really have to worry about, I think. And UCF's defense, we've talked about it, has taken pretty good strides so far this season, albeit against the competition. It is what it is. But certainly my confidence factor is up a little bit because of the injuries that Kansas State is dealing with. And, you know, in the event, let's just say hypotheticals, as much as I think Will Howard might play, in the event that he doesn't and you have to turn to a true freshman quarterback in Avery Johnson, I mean, we I think we're going to get into this pretty soon here about Timmy McLean and him having to go on the road here. But then you start looking at Avery Johnson, it's like, okay, here's your first career start as a true freshman at home against what we think is a, a good football team that's ascending. Uh, there's a lot of pressure there as well. So there's a lot of storylines going to this one. But just in general, I would say that my confidence level still is a little bit more higher right now than I thought it was at the beginning of the year when I believe I said I didn't see a scenario where UCF was going to win that game. I think that was almost I think I, verbatim what I had said. Yeah, and I think I agreed with you. That was like one of the only times we really agreed because we had a lot of differences in some of the games. I said there was only two games that I really saw no chance UCF would win, and that was Kansas State and Texas Tech. Now, we're three games in, and both those games, both of these games, look a lot more winnable. Like in Because the Big 12 seems, you know, shocker, kind of a little bit weaker this year than in previous years. Uh, so a lot of the games, UCF got a good pull out of the schedule this year. Yeah, I, I would just say in general, like with the Big 12, just overarching point, obviously Texas are the number three team in the nation from the AP poll. They're number one, right? Oklahoma, who I was very high on, I think that I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Texas beats Oklahoma when they face each other. Uh, I think Oklahoma's playing really, really, in really underrated football. Like they're going under the radar, I think, right now. So I think we would all agree consensus. Those are the two best teams in the Big 12. But after that, it's wide ass open. It's wide ass open right now in the Big 12. And that's just what I didn't ex- and I didn't expect that, quite frankly. I don't know if you had thoughts on that, but I thought the conference was deeper than what it showed so far. And that is much a benefit to UCF because they got the schedule draw that they needed this year. I think the way I looked at it, and when people, when I predicted eight and four, a lot of people, again, whenever anybody would ask me, or just like in conversation, say, oh, what's your prediction? I say eight and four. They're like, wow, that's actually like really high. And I think the way when I'm looking at a schedule and I'm looking at the opponents, I, maybe this is, to benefit but also kind of would hurt me in the long run i more so look at our team and say okay like let's look at ucf let's look at how we play compared to some of how these other teams play and ucf like they fit good in the big 12 but i think a lot of the things that ucf does it's a different offense like it's similar but it's also different than a lot of the big 12 teams and how they run stuff and i think defensively we've always known deep like on defense ucf has the potential it's just the scheme. Travis Williams played a lot of zone and blitzed a ton, and that ultimately hurt UCF, and it's now hurting Arkansas because they lost to BYU last week. UCF's playing a lot more man, which we've always clamored for. Like, listen, you have the depth. You have the size now. Like, you have the size at corner. Play man-to-man. Like, if you get beat, you get beat. But at the end of the day, if you're playing man, you're doing a bend-don't-break, 
And at some point, it's going to bite you in the butt. So I think we're looking at this schedule, Nick, and I'm like, listen, UCF has the depth on defense. They have the defense this year. Offensively, they've got the weapons. So when I was looking at some of these games, I said, listen, first year, 8-4 and four seems pretty realistic. You, you, Oklahoma State, a lot of question marks there. UCF has a lot of guys returning. So you look at that now, and my thought process kind of, I didn't expect it to be this bad, but I kind of expected, listen, I think you win every game at home. In those type of games, the Oklahoma States, you know, the Cincinnati's. Like Cincinnati, like, no offense. Like, they had a good week at Pitt, but Pitt doesn't seem very good now. And then since he loses to um, Miami of Ohio. So it's like, there's just a lot of these games where, listen, who knows? UCF can come out and lay a stinker at Kansas State. And it's like, okay, we're back to kind of square one the way we think. But I think I agree with your point. I think you have a top probably, you have your top two. And then I say like UCS probably in that second tier of potential, you know, conference championship game. If you're looking at the season as you got a good draw, you're not having to play Texas or, you know, well, they, you have to play Oklahoma, a, but. And I put them there really because they haven't had a slip up yet. I mean, Baylor has had multiple slip ups. Texas Tech had a slip up. Oklahoma State now is clearly trending in the wrong direction. Sensi had their slip up. I mean. Hell, BYU, I mean, they just got a a really big win against um, Arkansas, right? So all of a sudden, like, is BYU in that second tier? They could be. I think so. I I have to put them there right now because they got a good quality win uh, against against Arkansas, who we probably expected more from, to be honest. But still, big win for BYU. So that's why I put UCF there. I think at the very least, I don't see them getting – maybe this could happen against Oklahoma, right? But – other than that, I don't see a game that they can't go out and realistically win. And that's, I think, the shift based on what I thought at the beginning of the season. They're not going to get blown out or blown off the ball or the talent level is going to look different in all these games, maybe besides the Oklahoma one still. That's it. I think that's the difference. But even Oklahoma, Nick, and I know we're getting too much into it, but even the Oklahoma one, like, listen, they didn't really impress versus SMU. Like, SMU stayed in the game the entire game. And I don't consider SMU a good football team. I think they're average at best with what I've seen from them this year. So, again, it's it's all like, I think the best thing we can take from this is UCF will have a shot at every game. Some better than others. But I think the automatic losses that mean you were probably talking about before the year aren't necessarily so automatic this no, year. That's, that's UCF can win that game. Right. And that's why we said, we said, like, listen, who all knows? These are our predictions now. We'll see how all these teams play. And now we're looking at them. We're like, you know, I'm not saying conference championship because I think, again, obviously Texas and Oklahoma right now are the top two. But if one of those teams slips up, like Texas didn't look, again, you know, they, they kind of played better in the second half. But Texas does look beatable in certain ways that they play. I think, again, if they beat each other, if Oklahoma and Texas beat each, beat each other, and again, you have a, a UCF or a BYU, you know, kind of make it to the end with one loss. It'll get interesting. And that those last couple games will be very crucial where UCF's ending their season with like Houston and uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, like where some of these other teams are, and Cincy, where it's like a lot of these other teams, no offense, they're playing a lot tougher schedules in the back half. So It'll be interesting. I'm not saying UCF Conference Championship. We got to get through this week. This week's tough, and we're going to tell you exactly why. But we're saying eight and four is definitely more than doable, and even better than that is definitely doable as well. It's just going to be up to this team how quick John Rice comes back and how Timmy McLean can kind of uh, hold on to this team while he can.
But let's get into Kansas State. Uh, they've played, obviously, we said, against Southeastern Missouri, Troy and Mizzou, the first three games. Blew the first two out of the water, 45 to nothing and 42 to 13. Again, just like our two games against lesser opponents, you can't take too much of it. I thought, again, we talked about them playing at Mizzou. They lost 30 to 27 on a ridiculous field goal. Uh, shouldn't have been made. Probably would have won it in overtime. Kansas State kind of had the momentum and it got completely killed by Mizzou. Um, but they both played a solid game. I hate that they get dropped out of the rankings from 15 to receiving votes. But again, I'll say this. I can't necessarily. (laughs) Oh, it's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely absurd. Because, again, Kansas State is a really good football team and would probably beat most of the SEC. And Florida gets, you know. What, like, I don't mean to go off on a, on a tangent here because I know we got to get back to Kansas State, but I'm just going to point it out. Like, what, what, if you were to rank Florida as a football team after the first two weeks of the season, what were they at? Like, 50 something, probably? Yeah, basically. And they get, they get one win over a, a massively overhyped team in a rivalry game against a team that hadn't beaten them in the swamp in, in years. And we just automatically decided, you know what? They're a top 25 football team. And you know what? So is Tennessee still. Yeah. Well, and I will say this, even though I don't agree with it, they did drop Tennessee 11 spots. They dropped Kansas State 10 spots or basically out. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. But at the same time, it's okay. Florida lost to an SEC team that was ranked number 11. Kansas State did lose to an unranked Missouri SEC team. They were on the road. Florida won at home. So it's like we're really giving like it's all ridiculous again. I mean, that's why it's like even, UCF. Not I, I. don't know if they should have, but even UCF didn't get, hasn't even gotten a vote yet. A vote. <laughs> a vote. Not even a vote. <laughs> Which I, you know what, I get it. I expect in this first year, but it, to be completely honest, and it could change really quickly. If if ultimately if UCF goes out and beats Kansas State, beats Baylor. I'll be interested to see where we're at after those two. If you're five and zero after beat, and again at this point it's like it is what it is. Yeah, but just clearly you got to control what you control. It, it this is, isn't the bad. American guys. Like we, it's it's so much better to not have to worry about the rankings. Like I'd look just to see, okay, how many votes does UCF have? And when I saw zero, the coaches poll, I think they have like eight or something. But at this point, it's like it is what it is like just play you're focusing on winning the big 12 you're not like let's get to a new year six let's try to do that let's get a good ball game like you're so not even focused on the rankings yet you will be once you become a national power like when you're consistently winning eight games in the big 12 every year then you kind of focus on it but let's get into kansas state i'm sure the kansas state fans that are tuning in to tell us we're stupid and wrong are are, are just waiting to hear um about all of that uh, head coach Chris Kleiman uh, obviously did a hell of a job last year. Um, kind of lost to Tulane early, kind of regrouped his team, came back, won the Big 12. He is 2-2 two and two in Big 12 openers. So that is to note. Um, obviously, last year had a big win. Um, they lost to Tulane, and then that next week, they played Oklahoma in their first Big 12 game and beat the doors off them, beat them. So, and I think it was at Oklahoma. So if that tells you anything, Listen, you lose to Missouri. UCF, unfortunately, is in that role this year. But like we've been talking about a lot right now is injuries have plagued this team. UCF will not be getting K-State at their full strength. Obviously, Daniel Green, their top linebacker, he will be out for the remainder of the year. He was kind of a a shocker, right, Nick? He was like, a lot of people assumed NFL draft, probably a, a top, you know, a first couple rounds, first three rounds. He was one of the top linebackers in the country gets 
comes back surprisingly, and now he's out for the year. That's going to be huge for UCF to not have to deal with him. Uh, you mentioned Trayshawn Ward. Nobody knew he was doubtful until um, Kleinman said it in his press conference that he was doubtful. It was, must have been at the end of the Mizzou game. Um, so it's going to be a heavy de- dose of DJ Giddens, which again, it's kind of been that one-two punch this year, but we'll talk more of the running game. Running game hasn't been so impressive this year, but we'll talk about it. And then Will Howard, let's get into it. Will Howard obviously hurts himself. He's questionable. I've been getting differing reports. I've been hearing, and, and this is why the, the, the big question mark, Nick. Next week is K-State's bye week, early bye week. So a lot of the people are assuming like, okay, if he's hurt, why throw him out there for UCF when he can get two weeks of rest? You know, like you got a long season, you get two weeks to heal up, but you have the other people that are saying, oh, he's he's going to play. At the end of the day, he's a top quarterback in the country. It's first Big 12 game at home. He's going to tough it out, knowing he's not going to be at 100%. So if you are Chris Kleimanek and you are, you know, obviously trying to get your top quarterback, who hasn't been perfect this year, eight touchdowns, three picks, should have been four. He had that one crazy touchdown in the Missouri game where it got tips up and then the guy catches in the end zone. So, you know, has thrown a pick in every game. Do you play Will Howard, not at 100%, probably at like 60%, or sit him for the week, get him to heal up and play the true freshman? Kind of what is your kind of consensus, knowing it's a long season, knowing it's a long schedule, do, do you throw him out there this week? That's tough because, I mean, you look at Kansas State's like schedule too because looking beyond UCF and you could look at the argument for that. Like they get Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, and Houston before they have to go to Texas the first week of November. So all four games, very winnable. I would expect that Kansas State will be favored in all four of those games. So Sure, you can make that argument of let's hold them down because we have a lot of winnable games coming up and you know, maybe they view this team as one they can get by. But I, I think that's a big risk though. Like if he I, I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent or anything, and I don't think really anybody is as we get through the season, to be honest. Uh, but to put a true freshman quarterback in there and Avery Johnson against UCF and you know I guess it's favorable conditions to an extent because you you got it at home. It's going to be at night. You're going to have that good crowd atmosphere and everything. So that's good. But putting him in there without your best offensive weapon, weapon arguably, arguably in Trayshawn Ward, is that a smart play? And also the fact that you lost to Missouri and there's only 12 of these games. And right now there's only what nine of them left. Nine of them left here, right? We're already, before you know it, the season's already going to wind down. And if Kansas State, a team that came in with Big 12 championship aspirations, they want to defend that and everything, and you already had a slip up against Missouri, you know, I think if the schedule were reversed and you were playing Oklahoma State this week or you were playing Houston this week, maybe you could get by with doing that. But I think a lot better of this UCF team. And I don't think they're going to take them lightly because, listen, at the end of the day, is UCF a flawed football team? I think we all would agree. Yes, they are. They're a few plays away from being two and one right now. That's just a fact. But you know what also is a fact, Sean? They're the number one offense in the country. Out of 128, 30 teams, whatever it is, they are the number one offense in the country. Does that sound like you can just overlook UCF and go, well, our quarterback's not a, not close to 100%. He might be actually 70 or 8%, so we're going to hold him out and start a true freshman. Don't know about that. 
I don't know if that's the smartest play. So if I'm Kansas State, and again, I don't have, I don't know how Howard feels, obviously. I know he was limited in practice, I think was the last thing that I could tell. If that guy can go and he wants to go, I think Kansas State and Kleiman has to put him in there. Because I, I think I think I think highly of UCF more than some of these other teams if the schedule were flipped. Yeah, and I'll be honest, like we, we talked about it in our preseason stuff. Like Will Howard is a top quarterback in the country. I think just if you wanted a prototypical QB that can kind of do everything, make every throw, it'd be him. At the same time, like I said, he has made mistakes early this year where he's not invincible. He will throw you one or two balls where if you're in the right spot, I mean, you could take one. Like he's throwing again, three interceptions, should have been four. Any other quarterback we're looking at, Nick, that has eight touchdowns to four picks, take the name out of it. You're looking at it and you're like, okay, turnover prone so far this year, you could probably get one. And again, I think... If he does play, he's not going to be 100%. So those, like, Kansas State likes to run that kind of quarterback power play, like, you know, get the blockers up front, have him run for a couple. He hasn't been so effective. I mean, 21 carries, 59 yards, three tutties. So it's like they like to run that when they get down in the end zone, very similar to how UCF does. I don't know if they're going to be running a whole lot of that. So they might be, I think Avery Johnson is going to play regardless. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, they have a good pass certain plays. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be shocked, and I don't think this is going to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked that they're like, let's throw the kid out there to start the game. If it's starting to get a little out of hand or UCF is kind of you know playing really well and we're not getting really anything on offense, Will Howard will be available. Like He'll be available to play. I don't think they'll do that, but I have heard some reporters say Will Howard, will like if he doesn't play, he'll be available to play. And if things get out of hand, throw him in there to, to try and save the day. In all respect, and also again, and... and- not to make this sound like like is there a drop off from Will Howard to Avery Johnson? You know, yes, I think clearly everybody would say that. But let's not act like Avery Johnson doesn't come in with some kind of pedigree. Uh, I believe he was a top 100 overall recruit, number one dual threat quarterback. I think in the class of 2023, if I have that correct. So the guy can play, and I think you've already have seen in like some of these like packages that they've been kind of using him in. He could be dangerous with the ball in his hand. And if there's one thing that I know that UCF, we've already, we've, we said it in, in the offseason, right? Quarterbacks who can move and who can scramble and get out of the pocket have killed this UCF team, this UCF defense over the last couple of years. I think that's a fact we can all agree on. So even if Will Howard plays this game, I agree with you. You are going to see Avery Johnson in some capacity with the ball in his hands because he's too electric. And especially with not having Trayshawn Ward, you're going to obviously DJ Giddens could do the job as well. But if you want to add another element to that running game, I think Avery Johnson will probably get involved. So let's just keep that in mind. You know, it's not easy for any true freshman to step in on, on tough circumstances, right? But he's definitely a quarterback that has the pedigree that I think to do it. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, if you're having to play Will Howard, you need to be a really good defense. Everybody's got to be on their P's and Q's because he can light you up if he wants to. And they've got great skill position players. Um, But you are going to see Avery Johnson. And the only reason I'm giving UCF sort of a pass when it comes to running quarterback so far this year is I do love the defensive shift. Again, going more to man, uh, kind of quarterback spying the linebackers, which, again, for some reason... They never really did uh, the last couple of years. They kind of just played their scheme and, and said, try to figure it out. Um, so I'm really loving the way the defense is playing. And again, against Taylor Green and Boise, he didn't kill you running the football. I mean, he had a couple big runs, 
but I think for the most part, UCF played it really well um, to really yeah, take he, kind of that he, aspect out of the game. And he, and he also got injured, and that did yep. play a part of it as well. No, 100%. I'm just giving them a little bit of benefit of the doubt to say, listen, we'll see. Like, let's see how UCF plays it this week when Avery Johnson is in the game, because at the end of the day, you're going to be playing a lot of those guys. Like, you're going to be playing the Jalen Danielses. You're going to be playing some of these quarterbacks that really like to, to get out of the pocket. So it should be a good test, and um, we'll see kind of how they, they handle both of them. But we hope, well, Howard, if he's not 100%, um, you know, obviously you want him at 100%, and we don't wish injuries on any team, but hopefully UCF can take advantage of not having to maybe defend some of these plays that they like to run with Will Howard um, when he's kind of not 100%. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Percent there. Uh, let's talk about the running back, DJ Giddens. Kind of takes over the reins um, after, you know, last. Uh, this is his first year kind of still being the starter, but or he wasn't the starter last year, but kind of with Deuce Vaughn kind of doing a 50-50 split. Um, but obviously, Treshawn Ward is out. Treshawn Ward comes from Florida State. And I found it interesting, Nick, because I read that the offensive line is legit. I mean, they brought a lot of guys back from last year. I think it's basically the, the whole entire starting offensive line. They're getting one of their guys that was the starter last year at tackle. He, he's going to be back this game, only playing about 30 snaps. But it's still a really solid offensive line. DJ Giddens, he's going 36 carries for 216 yards. His longest run on the year is only 14 yards. So... This will be a big test because it's not an easy run to stop by any means. I mean, DJ Giddens is a good uh, good running back, but you only have to focus on one. Now, the last time this happened was only a couple weeks ago where UCF had to play Ashton Genty and didn't go very well. I mean, he ran all over UCF and uh, it was a big deal. They haven't won, run the football too effective this year because or they've run it effectively, just not big chunk plays, which is kind of what you want to limit in Kansas State's offense. What do you want to see out of Kansas or out of UCF's defense when defending the run this week? Especially if you might see a running quarterback in there at the same time as Giddens. You're really it's it's going to be a running back by committee this week with Kansas State, but we don't know kind of they're not Trayshawn Ward, obviously. So, you know, what would you say with his longest run only being 14 yards this season? Kind of what's UCF's defense P's and Q's this week to kind of make sure that stays in check so you focus on the pass. Well, the thing is, though, even though he might not be the guy that's going to break off a 30, or at least to this season so far, he hasn't been that guy that's going to break out a 20-yard, 30-yard run and really you know, bust the defense up. But you know what he does? He's still averaging six yards a carry. So that tells me that he's getting chunks, though, like five, six, seven, just kind of over and over and over. And obviously in limited playing time, like, um, you know, I think against Missouri, what did he get, like nine touches in that game? Nine carries for yeah. 36 yards. So saw an increased role in week one but part of that is you were playing the you were playing i think they were like southeastern missouri or something like that so of course he was going to get more time there so this is an opportunity for him to show out and i think they're going to have to lean on him to win this football game uh ucf kind of showed that there's some holes in that rush defense i think when we saw that with ashton denty and something for dj giddens to kind of take advantage of you mentioned the strength of kansas state's offensive line and the fact that they returned a lot of talent there so 
you know, it feels like every game is kind of every game is different, obviously. And we talk about, you know, points of emphasis on the defense. And like a couple weeks ago, I was saying, you know, linebackers are going to play a big role and you need to see more from Jason Johnson and things like that. You know, now it's like the guys who are in the interior, the Ricky Barbers of the world, uh, the Lee Hunters of the world. And, and obviously, I think we both can count on what you're going to get out of Salazar and, and Traymon Morris Brash and some of these other guys from a week in, week out, week in and week out basis. Uh, but I think they've got to be much better up front. Because uh, I think the worst thing that could happen is he's getting like those five, six, seven-yard chunks and just eating away clock. Because uh, I think that's going to be the big thing is you want to have UCF not have the ball as much, obviously, because they are the number one team in the nation at moving the football. That is a fact. So how do you do that? You got to run the ball effectively. You got to keep their offense off the field. You got to keep their defense on the field. You got to tire those guys out. So to me, that's the point of emphasis is can you win the battle in the trenches? And this is honestly the first big test here because this is the first time you're playing a big 12 opponent. And, you know, this is not facing in all respect to Tulane. This is not Tulane. This is not East Carolina. This is not Navy or any of these other teams that you've been playing in recent years. This is the first kind of sort of big league team that you get to see. And there's a big You literally battle. mentioned every single team that UCF lost to. And that was by design. That was by design. <laughs> Keep up with me here. I'm keeping up. I'm yeah. just like that's I'm glad you, know. you I'm glad you caught that. I I had to pick out the teams they lost to, right? Where they got bullied by. Uh, so yeah, this is a much bigger test here and it's the first one. So I think that's my big thing is, can you win the battle in the trenches defensive line versus their offensive line? And I'll give them credit last week. Again, I know it's against Villanova, but I think they really took on the challenge of, and again, against Boise, I was really impressed with how they handled the game when it mattered. Um, not obviously that last drive, but they, again, to hold Boise two only 16 and, to really kind of stop him on the important plays when it mattered during basically the entire game. I don't care Taylor Green went out. He went out later in the game. I think I like how the defense has been playing. And again, last week, the D-line had their best game of the year, I, in my opinion. Um, again, I get it's against Villanova, and that's a completely different O-line. Uh, but if you want a chance to win, you're going to have to get pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run this week. Because if it showed you anything last week, if you get pressure on Will Howard, he will throw you one. He will put the ball in a bad spot. And that's with any quarterback. But I think the defensive line is going to be huge this game. If you stop the run, if you stop Giddens, it opens up a lot of different things for you. Um, receiving. I mean, the wide receivers, tight ends, on. there's not one guy to pick out. It's another one of these offenses, Nick, where they spread the ball completely around. You got Brooks, you got Sanat, who's the tight end, Garcia. Um, they all have over 150 yards receiving uh, this season. And all over 10, uh, 10 receptions, too. So, again, they, they really like to move the ball around. Um, you got Jaden Jackson, too, I think, also has over 150 receiving yards. So, you got a lot of different guys that can kill you. A lot of this is going to be a game kind of ending with, you know, Kansas State's offense. This is going to be a game where the defense, it's their first real test. There's not one, like, it's not a team where there's only two receivers that you really need to keep your eye on. This is a team that gives it to everybody, gets everybody involved, and everybody's going to have to be on their P's and Q's. That's including Nakai Martinez, who had the pick last week and has looked good early. It's going to mean that the corners, Brandon Adams, you know, everybody's going to have to step up, especially in that secondary, to make sure that, hey, if they're stopping the run, their only chance they have is going to be throwing the football. 
and you're going to be kind of in that back trying trying to stop it themselves. So, um, what do you see out of the receiving? Like I said, I think we both know it's 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 by committee. You're throwing it to everybody. So, kind of what do you need to see and what do you like out of Kansas State's um, receiving core this year? Yeah, I, I think there. This is a room that's kind of been looking for somebody to step up this season since it kind of is a kind of a committee approach. Uh, the guy that sticks out to me, I think in particular, is is probably Philip Brooks. You know, I think he was their leading receiver two weeks ago, uh, all Big Twelve last year, albeit as a returner. And that's why I bring him up is because that guy is an explosive weapon both on offense and in the special teams game. And, you know, I don't want to oversight. I don't want to, you know, not mention that because you need all three phases of the, of the game to go well, I think, to win this game. Um, four punt return touchdowns for his career, Phillip Brooks, which I believe is sixth in Big 12 history. He's one of the best punt return wow. mans in the entire nation. So, you know, if UCF's offense, if it stutters a little bit, that's a guy you got to worry about in that department. and But he's also a really good receiver on the smaller side, obviously. But I, outside of him, you know, it is a committee, like I said. There's not really like that true like number one guy that you have to worry about. I, I This is the one matchup where I think UCF could fare well in. I think that cornerback group kind of has gotten more confidence as we've gone on here. I mean, I love what I saw from Nakai again against Villanova. But the pick that he had, you know, that's a play that – not too many guys in that defense can make, I think, but Nakai is so talented. He was able to kind of snatch that out of the air, so he got some confidence there. Uh, so I, I kind of like UCF going up in this game. I think they might have the matchup advantage here on this one. I'm interested to see how they kind of match up against Sonat. Like, he's a bruising tight end. Uh, he really, I mean, you kind of stop him in those, in those short little gains and, and make sure you got an eye on him everywhere. I think, again, I agree. Um, but making sure you stop that passing attack as as much as possible. They're going to move the ball. Um, and you actually mentioned it. I think I read a stat. I didn't write it down. That the average starting position for Kansas State this year, like the average place they start on offense is like the 49-yard line. So it's like they're starting every time at like basically midfield. So if you can limit, and I don't know, I think that might be Brooks. I haven't seen many of their their punt returns or kick returns, but if you can kind of stop them on special teams and kind of get them, you know, on their own 20, 25, then I think it's looking good. And again, same thing for UCF. I mean, I think Xavier Townsend has really shown a lot this year in that punt return game. And that if you punt it to him, he can make something out of nothing. Even if it's a couple yards, he can make something out of nothing. So it'll be interesting to see special teams in this game for sure. Um, yeah, but I, I, say I we and, want. and I too, not to hide it. You, you already mentioned it, but yes, I think, you know, I've been worrying about Brooks and everything because he's very explosive, but Sanat, one of the best tight ends in the entire country. I should have yeah. started with that. Full stop. To me, you got to stop Benson. You got to stop Benson in that offense. Yeah. I think, I don't know who's, I think maybe Quadric Bullard. Um, I don't know. Again, I think it's mostly man this year, which I'm liking. Um, and I think it's fared well for UCF. I think the length has really proven to be a positive on this defense. Um, but we'll see. We'll see who gets that matchup. But whoever gets it needs to make sure they're they're locked in. Um, quickly on the uh, Kansas State defense, it reminds me. I'm not going to say it reminds me of Boise because I think obviously this defense is far superior. The defensive line is is really nice. Uh, the offensive line is really going to have to have their best game, which it's been up and down. Uh, to be honest, uh, we don't know if Bula is going to play. I know Bula was a little banged up last week, and Adrian Medley got the start. I don't know if Bula will play. 
Uh, but there's been, I don't know if Caden Kittler, red shirt freshman, is going to get the start uh, over Drake Metcalf. Drake has been the biggest disappointment on the offensive line, just with all of the mistakes, um, getting the ball out right, false starts. Like, it's been a huge problem. And I will give Gus credit. That's really the first time that Gus has honestly kind of right. just called the position out and said, we can't have it. We can't have the mistakes. Because usually in the last couple of years, it's been, we're going to get it cleaned up. We're going to make it work. We have no no fear. I think the depth that UCF has had on the offensive line this year has really caused Gus to be like, we're not going to take poor football. We're not just going to keep you in there because you were the start at the beginning of the year. If you're playing bad, we're going to replace you. And I think Caden... He showed a lot of good things. Again, it's against Villanova. I'm not necessarily... Do I think he plays? No. Or to start? No. I think Drake gets the start again. Because again, it's Drake has the experience. You are playing a Kansas State team. And for I, for a light, what I liked out of Caden, still redshirt freshman. So, you know, it's going to be a big test. But ultimately, Nick, this defense for Kansas State... In the secondary, seems like, again, if you want to push the ball down the field, you're going to be able to get those yards. You're going to be able to really take advantage. Missouri, they took advantage of it. Um, the secondary communication was lacking. A lot of, You saw a lot of guys didn't know where they were supposed to go when facing Missouri. So I think that's where it reminds me a lot about Boise, because, again, Boise had poor secondary and again, UCF had over 500 yards of offense and um, really did great things through the air. So what do you say? Like, I think mainly it's talking about the UCF offense. Obviously, Timmy McLean's in there. But for as good of the run rushing you know, defense that Kansas State is, right? Because they're, like you said, they're fourth in the country in rushing defense. If maybe the rushing game isn't going as well as it we want for UCF, because I said that's my biggest concern is I don't think we're creating enough holes on the offensive line for our running backs to kind of do something with. If the running game's not going well, the passing game can open up, and that's going to be where Timmy McLean can shine, and we're really going to get a chance to see how accurate this deep ball is that everybody's clamoring us about. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said there, especially you mentioned Kansas State secondary kind of being a little bit of a question mark here so far this season, if there's a weakness there, because there's a lot of talent, frankly, in that secondary they had to replace. We mentioned that in the offseason, we were doing our predictions, right? Um, and given the way that Kobe Hudson in particular is playing right now, I mean, I mean, first receiver in UCF since Marlon Williams in 2020, to have back-to-back games of 130 yards, that's outstanding. You know, we're yeah. like, it seems like, again, every week we have a different guy who could be the number one target of any of the three between Townsend, Javon Baker. And Javon's, you know, rebounded nicely after the rough game that he had in Boise. So that was good to see. Still think you got to get Townsend involved a little bit more. He's kind of been quiet over the past two weeks, which has been a little surprising. But in a game like this one, where... Kansas State strength is clearly stopping the run, and UCF has had trouble, I think, creating holes for those backs uh, throughout the season. Now the pressure kind of shifts over to Timmy McClain. Like, this is a lot on him. And, you know, he mentioned you, the Villanova game, he kind of came out and he had some overthrows, and he mentioned that he was a little amped up and had some nerves and everything. And, you know, it's understandable, but I don't think they can afford to have that happen early no. against Kansas State. Because you don't want to get you don't want to get behind early. You don't want to be having to play catch up. So this to me is a big, big statement type of game for Timmy McLean. And it's gonna to me decide 
how afloat they can stay in Big 12 play, depending on how long John Rice Flumley is going to be out. Because if Timmy McLean, you know, falls flat on his face in this game and it just doesn't look pretty, then we're going to have to think about this team a little bit differently. Obviously, if he plays really well, like he did, you know, I'll say what, for three quarters against Villanova and holds his own on the road in that environment, then we're going to think really good about this team moving forward without John Rice Plumley at the moment. So, Big, big game for Timmy McLean. I'm excited to see it, but it's definitely a question to see how he's going to adapt again on a tough road environment, 8 o'clock night game, the crowd, the atmosphere, first Big 12 game, all of that. You can't afford to have nerves from that kid, I think, early on in that one. Here's the thing. I definitely think he's going to have – he's definitely going to have some nerves, um, and that's the only concern that I'm having is you definitely can't get out to a slow start. Uh, where you're down 10, 14, and nothing, and then you're getting in the groove, can't flip play from behind. You have to, it has to be a pound for pound fight, punching, punches thrown both ways. Uh, like at the best for me, I hope at halftime it's basically tied or you're down three uh, or up three. Who knows? Uh, I'm, I was really impressed with Timmy. Again, like I said in our post game, that, you know, he really got himself composed that second quarter on. Um, he made some really good throws. I think he was 20 for 28, and even uh, the coaches said it in, in the post game. Like he should, he could have been 25 of 28 if he was just a little bit more accurate on some of his outs. And um, sometimes he threw the ball too high. Sometimes he led the receiver out too much, and where it's you know the receiver just couldn't get it. So I think again, a lot of that was, was nerves, and a lot of that is just going to be listen, calming yourself down, and knowing I've got all the keys to the kingdom here. I've got I know what I'm supposed to do. I know the offense I'm supposed to run. Just run it the way they want me to run it. And at the end of the day, you're going to be successful. You got a hell of a two, one, two punch in receiver room uh, that will really help you out. Um, and you got running backs galore. So I think it'll be a big test for him. And again, this defensive line has 10 sacks on the year uh, in, in three games. So the, I think the biggest, the one position group that is going to either win or lose us this game is going to be the offensive line. Herb Hand said this is the best off of his offensive line he's had in all of his years of coaching. Well, this is going to be the first game to prove it because this defensive line is legit and they will get after the quarterback. And yes, Timmy is shifty and Timmy can do stuff with the ball that um, you know a lot of quarterbacks can't do. But it's going to be up to the offensive line to protect him and make him. Because I will say this, he kept his eyes down the field the entire time. I was really impressed with Timmy and his, he does not get frantic. He does not get freaked out when he sees pressure, he keeps his eyes locked down the field, um, which is going to help because this defense only has one interception on the year. Now, again, it's only a three-game sample size, but again, if that tells you anything, they're not really creating a lot of turnovers when it comes to you know passing through the air. So take advantage of it. Um, I'm excited to see what Timmy can do, and if Timmy goes out and wins this game for the UCF Knights on the road in your first Big 12 game, you don't want to be on Twitter the next day. I'll tell you that. I will tell you that. All right, I'm going to be unbearable on the next show if Timmy McLean pulls this off. Oh, I know you will. I know been, you will. Oh, been, hell, I will. Who's been shouting to see Timmy McLean from day one? You. I know. I know. I know. I'm not. But guess what? If he comes out and lays a stinker, then you might not even go on the next show. You're going to well, be like very quiet. Gonna, then, I ever, then I never said anything good about Timmy McLean, and I've <laughs> always been the biggest John Rice Plumley fan, and I saw, always saw the talent. That's what the narr- the narrative will be. There you go. We'll we'll switch the narrative for you to make sure you're protected. Um, all right, let's give some predictions. 
Uh, I just looked at the spread, bet online spread, and it has gone down. It was originally Kansas State minus seven and a half. It is now Kansas State minus five. So favored by five points. That's a weird line. It's a very weird line. Um, Nick, again, we talked. There's a lot going into this game that you, you, either team can win. I think this is a three-point game either way. Ultimately, that's how I'm kind of viewing it. Um, what do you say? Does UCF get the dub or does UCF head into Baylor 3-1? and one? You sort of read my mind. I had this as a three-point game, and the, the score I had in mind right now is 31-28. It's going to be by the smallest of margins. 31-28, Kansas State wins. I hate to do it, but I'm going to do it. I think Kansas State's going to just pull this out narrowly. But listen, I'm going to preface that by saying that if it goes that way and UCF loses by three on the road in their first Big 12 team, Big Twelve game against the defending Big 12 champions, I'm not going to be like total bummed out by that, would you? I mean, I think that would no. be – I mean, obviously you want to win the game, but like – that would show a lot. Like if they can hold and, and hang with, if they can hang with Kansas State and you drop a game by three, as I'm projecting, thirty-one to twenty-eight, I'm going to be okay with that. I think. I think I'm going to be okay with that because there's a lot of worse teams in Kansas State on this schedule that they're going to see down the line where they can pick up wins. But for now, because just because you know, as much as I want Timmy to be to, to be the guy and everything, and I want him to be great, just because of that that kind of that chance that it doesn't happen on the road and everything, I'm going to go with Kansas State. So, you know, I don't think there's many times I've, I don't think I've ever picked UCF to lose a game on our our show. I think every single time in our predictions, I have picked a UCF win. I think. I might be wrong on that. Um, I might have picked Duke to beat us in the military bowl just because everything. But I think I'm pretty much, I, I have picked UCF every game. Heading to Manhattan. Reigning Big 12 champs. Night game. Coming off of a loss. Pissed off. Wanting to kind of avenge, you know, the loss from last week. Daniel Green out for the year. You know, Will Howard banged up. Everything seems like is kind of shifting into UCF's favor on this one. Um, but I'm going to agree with my uh, my co-host Nick Geddes here. I'm going to say 30 to 27, Kansas State. Uh, but I will preface that. I will preface that by saying it would not shock me in the slightest. If it was flipped, it does not shock me. It would not shock me in the slightest if UCF pulls out a three-point win or a, a bigger win. I think UCF has a really good chance to win this game. But for me, Timmy McLean is still a question mark. You got to see how he plays. This offensive line for me is a huge question mark. And, you know, if you have a game like you did against Boise State, even though, again, offensively, yet over 500 yards of offense. I think you're going to get in the red zone against this Kansas State team. The question is, are you going to make the right calls in the red zone? And are you going to punch it in? If they punch it in, I think UCF wins this game. But I think right now, with everything going against UCF, 
I think I got to go Kansas State by three right now. Which that's, I, I hate that I'm doing that, but it is what it is. Um, I'm sure the Kansas State fans are loving us. They're like, what rational UCF fans this this show is. If you think we're rational, please subscribe. You know, we'll, we'll talk Kansas State the rest of the year. Uh, no, we won't. And, well, we love your, your subscription, but... <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of. I think we're kind of thinking the same way. Originally, Nick, before I've I heard about all of the injuries and all that stuff, I had this as a thirty-one to twenty-four Kansas State win, touchdown, um, which would probably shock you. I had a, a seven-point Kansas State win. After all of this injury news and stuff like that, I kind of shifted. I was three points either way, and after having the conversation, I think we both kind of came to the still think Kansas State. The home atmosphere is giving me the, the yeah. To I, just, I think UCF. I think I just think they're good enough not to get blown out. I think they're good enough not to get completely blown out. And I don't think Kansas State, as well as I, as much as I like Kansas State as a football team, there are certain. I, I think, and I know we'll get to it, but I'll just leave it here. There's another team on this schedule that I think could blow UCF out if they wanted to, and I don't think Kansas State at the way they're equipped at the moment could do that. So that's why I think UCF hangs with them. But I agree with you, though. You could flip that score, and I wouldn't be surprised. No. And again, I wouldn't be shocked if UCF wins by 10. I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas State won by 10. Like, this is a game where I think the teams right now are evenly matched. They're both banged up. So I think, again, and who knows? This is a good test for UCF. We're saying this now, but we've also only seen UCF go up against American teams for the last, you know, 10 years so this is your first real test to see how much the depth plays uh plays into the the factors all right nick final thoughts before we uh close out the latest episode and move on to a tough one in manhattan yeah final let's just enjoy it you know i think that's the theme of the season this year is let's just enjoy these these moments in these games this is a landmark game for ucf in this program and listen we've been fighting to have games in the prime time well here we go eight o'clock i believe it's on fs1 right sean fs1 remote crew again which we we are remote crew again again yeah we gotta fix this i've seen way too many games is fs1 have any commentators outside of gus and joel that like will go to that i don't know i don't think so because i think baylor's also a remote crew are we like from are we is there something with the budget we can't go to the campuses because it you can tell on when you're watching the game (laughs) Oh yeah, because they're watching the same thing we're watching. Yeah, it's like if we were doing a com- if if we were commentating on the game. Yeah, it's a little it's a little annoying. So man, I didn't know that. I thought this game was a little bit bigger that we could have. Oh my goodness! But anyway, still the point stands. You. You're on FS1, eight o'clock. It's going to be fun. Let's all enjoy it, and and hopefully you make us both look. Hopefully they make us both look stupid, John. I think we both. I really want to look stupid. I, I've they've made me look stupid picking them. But I hope they make me look stupid by not picking them. Hopefully, it gives our guys a little bit more juice that uh, two UCF podcasters yeah, uh, and, and pick let's them get, to lose. Yeah, and, and let's get Xavier Townsend involved. A little bit more. Yeah. Just a little bit more. I agree. Well, I will say, Kansas State fans, I was watching a couple of their stuff, and they said something about, like, clearly their, their secondary does not do well with speed guys. So, I think this could be a big game for Xavier Townsend. I don't know what the uh, spread is on receiving yards. But going out on a limb here, bet the over for Xavier Townsend and receiving yards. Um, All right, guys. Appreciate you guys as always. Hopefully, UCF gets a huge dub 
this weekend and goes 4-0 into Baylor. All right, guys, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you after the game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.